Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Morrissey and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, March 16th, and we are reading from the big book. We are on page 38, and we will be reading from the third paragraph on to page 39 through the first paragraph. Today's readers are Susan R., Nancy H., Rita K., Karen A., and Lauren N. Our newcomer greeter is Robin S., and the second hour host is going to be Linda D. Reference numbers for yesterday. The 7 a.m. meeting yesterday's reference number is 11164. That's 11,164. And yesterday's 10 a.m. is 11166. 11,166. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. The Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Susan R., would you please read the 12 steps of OA? The 12 steps of OA. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me share and serve. Thank you, Susan. 
And Nancy H., would you please read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous? Yes, Maura, I'd be happy to do that. Nancy H. from Massachusetts, and I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater, actually recovered for today. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Nancy H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I will be timing and will give gentle reminders. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the person speaking, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 38, and we will be starting with the third paragraph. that starts, some of you are thinking. And we're reading through two paragraphs, ending on 39, with let us take another illustration. And Rita Kay, would you please get us started? Yes, good morning. Thank you so much, and thanks for your service. My name is Rita Kay from Kansas, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Some of you are thinking, yes, what you tell us is true, but it doesn't fully apply. We admit we have some of these simple symptoms, but we have not gone to the extremes you fellows did, nor are we likely to, for we understand ourselves so well after what you have told us that such things cannot happen again. 
We have not lost everything in life through drinking, and we certainly do not intend to. Thanks for the information. That may be true of certain non-alcoholic people who, though drinking foolishly and heavily at the present time, are able to stop or moderate because their brains and bodies have not been damaged as ours were. But the actual or potential alcoholic, with hardly an exception, will be absolutely unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. This is a point we wish to emphasize and re-emphasize to smash home upon our, our alcoholic readers as it has been revealed to us out of bitter experience. Let us take another illustration. You know, I, I think that every time we, we read a paragraph or we read two paragraphs, I say, this is my favorite, this is my favorite, you know. And it's not so much this my favorite, but this is just, this starts, you know, that 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 big sentence, that big statement that, you know, is in the middle of the second paragraph, but the actual or potential alcoholic with hardly an exception will be absolutely unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. And I've mentioned before, you know, I have a couple of shelves of books, you know, that I'm looking at that I can see from where I'm sitting, you know, of, you know, books about weight loss, books about food, books about eat this and eat that, books based on science, books based on religions, different religions and weight and weight loss. And, you know, just trying to, through the years, trying to get that knowledge on what to do, what's going to be that magic pill that's going to, you know, make me pull myself together and eat right and lose this weight or either be able to eat everything I want to eat and still lose this weight. But that sentence that says that we will absolutely be unable to stop eating on the basis of self-knowledge, that is so important because I've taken myself and through so much through the years, you know, on that, you know, because I stop and, and think sometimes, look, I'm a reasonably intelligent woman, you know, and, and I understand what I'm reading here. I have the facts, you know, I read the statistics, but yet what happens is that I turn right back to the food. I put the weight right back on. And the other thing that is significant here is the word bitter. And he talks about, um, let me see. This is a point we, we wish to emphasize and reemphasize to smash home upon our alcoholic readers as it has been revealed to us out of bitter experience. Not just experience, not just to walk in the park, but these people lost families, lost lost jobs, lost careers. So many people on this phone have had similar experiences, especially with our health. You know, we have had major surgeries. Some people have permanent scars as a result of this disease. Some of us, you know, like me, have come from very high numbers. And so we can talk from our bitter experience and tell you that we absolutely were unable to stop eating on the basis of self-knowledge. And that's why we come to this meeting every day. That's why we are in, our heads are into this 164 pages as we are learning what the process is of living according to the, according to our, according to the 12 steps. Uh, thank you very much for letting me share, Martha. Thank you, Rita, very much. So now we start with who would like to comment on this. And if you would, please, I request you list your name but once. 
And I'll Charles repeat H. that. Katie Jones. Sandy S. Did I hear a John? Shannon S. Shannon S. Okay, that's that. We'll stop there. We'll stop there. I got I got you, John. Thank you. Okay, here's who I got. Charles H. Katie G. Jen S. Sandy S. John L. Shannon S. Charles H. Could you please get us started, my big brother? Hey, good morning, Maura. Thank you for your service, Charles H. Um. So now Charles, excuse me. Are you on a speakerphone? Because there's a background. Echo. Excuse me. Can you hear me better? Oh, a little bit better. There's an echo. If everyone else would please star one to mute your phone while we can hear Charles clearly, thank you. Can you hear me? I can. Go ahead. All right. Thank you very much, Maura Z, for your service. Charles H. Recovered Compulsive over here. Some of you are thinking. That's probably that's the that's the problem. I need to stop thinking, um, and through my experience, just work these steps like my hair is on fire. I really understand. It, it don't even matter if I understand, but I really comprehend. Let me use this word: comprehend that moderators moderate because they can't eat moderate. You know, I ain't got to think no more. You know, my control has turned and converted to trust. I trust in something I can't see. I trust in this program that, you know, personal agendas can be set aside and I can have a new experience if I follow the yellow brick road, not the yellow food plan, the yellow brick road. Like these first hundred people are doing, like probably the first, the, uh, the, the people that blaze this trail first, I trust God, clean house, and help others. And my house be dirty. And when I'm talking about house, I'm talking about my mind, my thoughts, my emotions. I ain't got to think about it. I ain't thinking about this thing. I ain't got to think about it. I tried all them thoughts, and I tried to have all these these options, and there ain't no options for me for this because I could be the walking dead, walking around talking about I'm so recovered and, and, and tight and ready to kill people. For real. My mind is crazy. This disease, my mind, is the heavyweight champion in the world, and it knocked me out every single time that I try to think of my way out of this thing. I trust this program. I don't I may not like a lot of y'all, but I trust this program and I clean house and I and I try to help others. And with that I pass. Thank you, Charles H. Katie G, your turn, followed by Jen S. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, recovered anorexic bulimic compulsive overeater in Boston. Yeah, I guess what really struck me that I really wanted to share this morning is um, all the protestations. You know, yeah, you're, what you're telling me is true, but you know what? It doesn't really fully apply. And one of the best lines of this big book is on page 568, right? The principle, which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep me in everlasting ignorance, which is not, you know, not knowing um, and, you know, complete stupidity. And that principle is contempt, which is bitter scorn, dislike, defiance, disrespect, disregard. And, and that's, what, that's what we do, right? Or that's what I do. Like, I am inherently a defier of things. When people tell me, oh, you know, this is what I did, I count, I count myself out. Oh, well, you know, I never reached 300 pounds, and I'm an anorexic, so I'm different. And, um, you know, all the protestations that I hear, you know, people call me and they tell me they're so desperate and KDG, 
what do I do? And I make suggestions about based on what I do. And then, you know, they, they can't go through with it. And I'm not saying they, uh, I couldn't either, right? Like the food had to teach me. And um, it had to teach me that I, I, I have no power, I have no choice, and I have no control around the food. And there are plenty of people who have gone to much heavier extremes than me are than me or there are plenty of people who've gone to much lesser extremes than me but this isn't a competition about how strong or how you know big my scale got or how little it got it is about this profound disease that i have that will take me to the insanity or or death whichever i want whichever happens first right am i going to purge myself to death and end up in the hospital dead you know or or am i just going to like at whatever point my bitter end is and you know what's so confusing is every single one of us on this line we are smart people you know like if you think about it using food as a solution to get through really challenging situations when you're growing up it's kind of a smart strategy if that's your only solution right but knowing things doesn't help. Knowledge does not help. My, my degrees never helped. You know, there's somebody who said, you know, there's, uh, and there are many things that have degrees and some of them are put in, you know, not so pleasant places. So, you know, it's not about all the books and all the knowledge as everybody has said. In fact, and I'll just close with this, the best thing I ever did was to forget everything I know and to call my recovered sponsor and say, help me, tell me what to do and do it. And that, I pray, is the attitude I have each and every day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Jen S., it's your turn, followed by Sandy S. Jen S., star one. Perhaps I didn't hear a Jen S. Sandy S., will you go ahead and share? Yes. Star one. Hi. Yes. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you. Is this Sandy? Yes. Yes, please. Thank you. So I, I, what resonated with me the first thing was that about our brains, you know, our brains and bodies. You know, if I'm not, mod, if the immoderate me, my brain and body is badly damaged. And, um, you know, I like the idea of smashing home um, out of our bitter experience that self-knowledge will avail us nothing. I want to say for me, it's deeper than the food. The food will definitely kill me. You know, I, I shared on the line last time about how literally I was stabbed going, going to an all-night place to get food. And then two years later, I was at it again. You know, I didn't care. I mean, that is insane. But, but under the food for me, under the food is definitely fear, 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 fear. I am powerless over fear. My life has become unmanageable and all the self-knowledge, all the therapy, everything will not get rid of the fear. And, um, you know, only this program will do it. And it's going to do it in its own time. And I mean, and that really pisses me off. I mean, I want to be totally surrendered to God. Out of my bitter experience, I see what, how I've wasted my life, wasted it. I am a firm believer in this is a beautiful, precious life. And each day, 
with this program, I'm given the opportunity to actually enjoy it. You know, that's where the recovery is to me. When I'm enjoying life, I have something to share with people. And I am powerless over enjoying life, let me tell you, as well as food, as well as being totally powerless over food. I'm pretty powerless over, you know, all these emotions that block me from enjoying my life and from my higher power. But, you know, what the beauty of this program is I can begin again today with this really deep desire and say this on the phone, that abstinence and surrendering to God is the most important thing in my life without exception. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sandy. John L., it's your turn, followed by Shannon F. Yeah, good morning. This is John L. in Arizona. And one of the lines that really threw out or really hit me this morning was when they said, thanks for the information, thanks but no thanks. And I have to remember that, you know, I was like that too. I thought for many, many, many years, oh no, it's going to be different next time. Oh no, I'm going to, I'm, I'm different. Oh no, I'm not that bad. But you know, time and time again, stuffing my stomach to the point it can't take anymore. I just got finally so sick of it, of what I was doing to myself. I had to hit my bottom uh, with the food. And then, you know, all those diets, everything I tried wasn't working. My way wasn't working. And so that really opened me up to uh, start listening, go to, go to OA and really start doing the work. And so, yeah, you know, the other thing about this is, is I could study. I took nutrition in college and, and I know the carbohydrates and the fats and vitamins and all that's great. And I can memorize a big book, but I really have to use, this is such a, a weird problem. It, it's, it's spiritual warfare in my mind that's causing me to eat. And there's only a spiritual solution uh, through this big book and through my higher power that can give me the power to say no to that first bite. It is not okay for me to have one little taste of pecan pie. If I do that, I think everyone on this line knows what I'm going to end up doing. I'll just start stuffing myself. I'm right back to the races. And, and that's what happened every time in the past and will happen again. So I have to keep myself in this program and work these steps and keep my mind strong and clear so I can prevent from taking any first bites. Uh, thank you. Um, I pass. Thank you, Sean L. Shannon S., it is your turn. Good morning. This is Shannon S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater Anorexic in, um, in New York. Thank you, Maura, for your service. Thank you to everybody on the line. Um, I want to touch on the, the first paragraph. So um, I came into this program. Uh, I don't even know exactly how I knew to come to OA, but um, one evening um, with three children, four and under, I was on my knees in the living room, and um, 
you know, God told me I cannot and will not take you any farther until you start working on this eating disorder. And I immediately went to the computer and looked up Overeaters Anonymous. I don't even know how I knew about it or or anything. Um, and I came in and I felt like I was on my knees at that point. And I was. I was I was at the bottom that I could reach at that point. But you know what? Um, I walked into the rooms and I saw a lot of people who were probably double my age um, or even more. And um, they they were in very, very large bodies. And I was in a normal-sized body, and I was half their age. And I thought, okay, thanks for the information, guys. But you know what? I'm going to stick in the rooms because I need this this dieting with group support. I need, I guess this is as good as it gets, this white double abstinence. Um, but um, I'm not as bad as you guys. So you know what? I'm going to pity you. I'm going to take what I can, um, use the tools, and just try to, you know, stay out of this eating. Well, Fast forward a few years. <clears throat> fast forward a few years in program, and I was on my knees, and finally, finally realized and accepted the fact and conceded to my innermost self that I am one of you. I am one of us. I'm just another bozo on the bus, and I am a true blue compulsive overeater. And um, and you know, even before coming into program, I had a master's degree in exercise science and health promotion because I thought that you know, that would be the answer to my problems. I thought that, that um, that's, okay, I, I get some more self-knowledge and I can control this thing. Well, you know, <laughs> we all know that that doesn't work. Um, but you know what? It's not about it's not about um, how much I, I ever weighed or my top weight. It's not about how old I am or how long I've participated in this compulsive overeating. Um, I am grateful today that I came into programming my 30s, and I'm grateful today that my son has never known me not in program. And um, I'm grateful today that I didn't have to allow this per- disease to progress even farther and farther and farther until double my age to come into program. And so um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what my body looks like. It matters what's going on in my mind and the insanity. And I was just as insane as the next person. And um, so I'm so grateful that I'm not saying thanks for the information today. And I, um, you know, I'll, I'll leave it, um, but I'm saying, you know, thanks for the information. I'm hungry for more, and thank you, God, for the revelation in my heart of all this stuff, and um, that I'm among wonderful Just fellows, and um, thank you, and I'm here to work this program. Thanks so much, Shannon Pass. Thanks so much, Shannon, and I think that was Shannon S. as in Sam, not Shannon F. as in Frank. Is that correct? Yes, Shannon nope. S. as in Sam. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Okay, so let me remind us, where are we? We are on page 38 in the chapter, More About Alcoholism, and we are reading from the third paragraph, some of you are thinking, through two paragraphs, ending with, let us take another illustration, and aren't these great illustrations? Who would like to share your first name and last initials one time only, please? Lisa B. Nessa R. Mary T. Marilyn G. Melissa C. Melissa C. Mary G. Somebody G. Mary. Mary G. And Suji, let's stop there. I have Lisa B., Nessa R., Harlan G., Melissa C., Mary G., and Suji. I hope I didn't take too many names, and uh, no, I think we're good. Lisa B., would you please get us started? Wow, what a meeting. Uh, my name is Lisa B. Can you hear me okay, Maura? Yes, thank you. Okay, 
Thank you. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Wow, this is a heavy hitter. (laughs) This is a great meeting. I'm so thrilled to be in a meeting with so many recovered um, compulsive overeaters. Well, there's so much in this reading. Um, One is, um, oh, gosh, Uh, thanks for the information. You know, that's what I wanted to share on. So when I introduced myself as a newcomer in this uh, fellowship OA, A Vision for You, um, I was attracted to all of you. I was drawn in, but I really didn't think I was as sick as you. I thought this is a problem I had many years ago. I went to a treatment center. Um, But, you know, I had no idea that I was living in the middle of the road solution. I was in that gray area, and um, I never had been recovered. I've never been recovered in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, I don't know what I don't know until I get to experience it. And I got about maybe 21 phone calls. One of the people that uh, called me, I was very drawn in by her. Um, She was kind and soft in her approach to me, and she just shared her own experience, strength, and hope. And I kept thinking, well, thanks for sharing, but no thanks. But something about her, darn it, just drew me in. And um, I stuck to her like glue, and I asked her to be my, my big book guide. And when we were working together, I kept thinking, boy, she must have been really sick with this illness because she works so hard at it. You know, I don't think I'm going to have to work that hard. Well, lo and behold, you know, these words really uh, broke through the denial. It began with getting entirely abstinent and really comprehending with her help in this big book what Dr. Silkworth meant by entire abstinence and having a clear mind so I could understand and accept this program of action. And then as we began going through the work, I realized I am just like her. I am just like all of you. And just to say that in the the spiritual um, appendix, in appendix two, it talks about having... The obsession of the mind, um, I don't have it in front of me, but I will find a state where that is expelled. I have been living in that obsession of the mind as an unrecovered, untreated, compulsive overeater for decades. And the disease had camped out and just was sitting there in like a stable position. It wasn't getting worse, so I thought. It wasn't getting better, but I was just dead inside. But I know that it was coming back. That uh, binge that would kill all binges was right on my shoulders, whispering in my ear. And that's why I'm so grateful to be here. We are so fortunate to be here in this um, fellowship and to be recovered. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. Nessa R., it's your turn, followed by Harlan G. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, the first few times that I read um, this section, I and there's, there's many others like, like this one who, that referred to uh, the futility of self-knowledge um, to help us, to help me recover. I thought that self-knowledge meant you know, knowledge about nutrition, knowledge about exercise, um, you know, healthy eating, even knowledge about addiction, all those kinds of things, which of course never helped me stop, let alone stay stopped. I found out later on that even knowledge about the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, knowing that food is not my problem, that food is my solution, knowing that my problem is powerlessness and that my solution is a belief in a higher power that can restore me to sanity, 
all that also didn't help me stop and stay stopped. You know, those were foundations and important ones at that, but just that knowledge alone did not help me stop. You know, there's so many people, and I was one of them, in these rooms and even in this meeting probably who have um, a head full of big book and a belly full of food, you know, because knowing is not acting. Knowing is not doing. And this is a program of doing. This is a program of action that was just shared. You know, it's not enough for me to know what my problem is. And it's not enough for me to know what my solution is. I have to take the steps necessary to implement that solution. And until I, I, I was taken through those steps uh, according to the big book and, and in rapid succession, in, in very rapid succession, albeit thoroughly, um, I, I didn't recover. It's only when I did this that I actually got the recovery that I have today where, um, you know, food is in a position of neutrality. Food is not an issue in my life. Food doesn't call to me. It's just something that I that I ingest in order to uh, in order to live, just like air. Um, and it's a beautiful way to live. But again, knowledge didn't get me there. Even knowledge of the big book didn't get me there. It was the action of taking this the twelve steps. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Harlan G. It is your turn, followed by Melissa C. Thank you, Maura, and thank you to Team Friday for making this great meeting possible. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. There are 322 people on the line, and besides getting off topic and what a miracle that is and how wonderful that is, I'm going to make a wager here that there are not many of the 322 of us on the line this morning that could not ace a test on caloric content of food, nutrition, all this kind of stuff, because we have had to become expert at it. And we know so much. Now let's go back if we can to page seven, if you have a big book in front of you. If you don't, don't worry. It says here on page seven, I had been seriously ill bodily, the allergy, mentally the twist. It relieved me somewhat to learn that in alcoholics, the will is amazingly weakened when it comes to combating liquor, though it often remains strong in other respects. My incredible behavior in the face of a desperate desire to stop was explained. Understanding myself now, I fared forth in high hope. For three or four months, the goose hung high. The goose hung high means things were good. I went to town regularly and even made a little money. Surely this was the answer, self-knowledge. But it was not for the frightful day came when I drank once more. Now, Bill Wilson was as intelligent as anyone. He passed the Edison test. He came from East Dorset, Vermont, and made himself a wealthy man on Wall Street. But he couldn't stop drinking alcohol. And we couldn't stop consuming food against our will because the effect that Dr. Silkworth describes is so elusive that we will pursue it from the gates of insanity or death. And we will not stop pursuing it unless we are acted upon by a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps. This information, this theory of once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, and that self-knowledge will not alter that, 
comes from the common sense of drinking by Richard Peabody. And what our lives, what my life illustrates is that no matter what the situation, no matter how desperate the need not to be eating, I will eat and I will justify it in my mind because the pain of not eating is too much for me to bear and that food is the solution to that problem and the other solution is a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. And with that, I reminder. Thank you. Oh, well, that worked. Thank you, Harlan. Perfectly. Thank you. Melissa, see it's your turn, followed by Mary G. Hi. Good morning, Mara. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, yeah, so, you know, knowledge, I was always told knowledge was power. And um, it's not, you know, not when it comes to battling this illness. Um, knowledge does not give me the required power. And that's what I need to find, a, a power. You know, that's what really, to me, this whole chapter really is outlining the necessity to, to find a higher power. Um, because it's listing all the things that I can't use. So I can't use consequences. And I can't use, um, I can't stay on guard, and I can't even use knowledge, you know. And um, that's crushing. You know, to me, that's crushing. That's, that really did need to be smashed home. Um, when I first came into OA, um, I was um, really heavy. I did not reach my heaviest weight, though. You know, I thought I did. And I came, um, I thought desperate, and I saw people there. Um, yep, they were a lot older than me, and that when I listened to their stories, it scared the crap out of me. They went to a much worse degree than I ever thought I would, you know, and the magic word for me was yes. You know, if you, if you haven't suffered all the horrible consequences, um, I just stick the word yes at the end of that, um, because if you have this, you know, as I do, um, I found out that everything that I sat there in judgment of those other people at my earlier meetings, I came to do. I came to do every single one of those things that those people were doing that I thought, okay, thank you for the information. And, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a genius when it comes to nutritional knowledge. And, and I'm a genius at my knowledge of why I even have this. You know, like that was my other knowledge that I was going to uncover what caused me to have this so now okay now I know what caused me to have this and now I've got a food plan thank you for the information and I left I left those meetings and you know what it wasn't enough because the food and came back you know this problem cannot be licked by knowledge alone we require I require something much greater than human power and that's the necessity, you know, that's what we're coming face-to-face with, that we're going to require something else. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Mary G., it is your turn, followed by Sue G. This is Mary G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Rochester, New York. And like everybody, I love these two paragraphs, and they bring back for me a day in... 1979, when I went to my first OA meeting 
in the Boston area. And I heard people talk about sugar and what sugar had done to them. And I identified it. I really did identify in with that. But I went home. I threw out everything in my kitchen that had sugar in it. And I didn't eat it for 10 years. I read a book, not not a recovery book at all, about sugar and what it did to people. And I felt like, basically, thanks for the information I got at the meeting, but, you know, this book is going to keep me away from it. And I didn't eat it for a long time. But because I'm an addict, the day came when I had to pick it up again. And I did 10 years later. And it was like it had progressed all those 10 years in my body. And I was desperate to get off it. I couldn't get off it, and I couldn't get off it. I picked up that same book thinking, this will get me off it. I'll read the book again, and the knowledge I get from it is going to get me off it. But I sat in my living room reading the book and stuffing myself as I was reading the book, thinking, realizing that self-knowledge was not going to do it for me this time. And part of this for me, in addition to my physical and mental, physical allergy and mental obsession, is is my really strong self-will. And I think of, of Bill saying, um, the old fierce determination to win came back as he drank, because that's so much a part of who I am. I will lick this. I can do this. I can make it. I don't need you. I don't want you. I'll figure out a way to make it work. And... That pride and that arrogance and that self-will is a nemesis for me and something I have to be watching out for all the time in a nightly review because it, it's it's something that separates me from you. It makes me feel as though I'm different from you, that I don't need what you need, that I can do this by myself. It's such a, a strong cord that runs through the center of my illness and I love Bill's story for that reason, too, because I identify so much with that quality in him. But I know today that 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 will, on that will alone, I am absolutely unable to stop drinking on my will and on the basis of self-knowledge. And I'm so grateful for that. And coming to Vision for You has been a huge part of helping me surrender to that. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you, Mary J. Suji, it is your turn. Thank you. Thank you for your service this morning. Uh, this is Suji, recovered by the grace of God in Michigan. Um, definitely by the grace of God. Um, he keeps me every day. Um, I, the lie that my head tells me is that you haven't gone through all the bad things that some of the things that you hear other people go through, that your situation isn't as bad. And um, that you can handle it once in a while. Because see, you know, in the past, you've handled it a little bit here and there, and you've gotten away with it once you got into program. But that's a lie. Because I can't. And if it weren't for God, I know I would be. Um, I'm recovered but I know how I know how fragile that is. Um, going through something right now where where I'm having to increase my fiber, and that includes 
having to eat a few foods that I normally would be very I would stay away from not that it's a not that it's a red food, but I just kind of stay away from some of those starches. But I need the fiber, and it's scary um, being that close to the to the line uh, almost every day. And um, but I almost went out and got something yesterday, and I don't know why. I never know why. I just know that I'm an addict. But God intervened. I stopped, and I thought, and I prayed, and I put my shoes, took my shoes back off, and I didn't go out. Now, that's the closest I've come in two years. And that was scary. And I can't go by self-knowledge. I have to go by God's knowledge. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Suji. <clears throat> okay, I'd like to open it up again. I think we have time for three three more shares. Who would like to share? This is Larry. Larry K. Holly Q. Jen R. Rachel. And somebody Q. Jen R. I heard a Q. Yeah, Polly Q. Polly Q. Okay. I've got Larry K, Rachel, I think, and M, and Polly Q. Larry K, please go ahead. Uh, thanks so much, Maura. You know, I, I'm just listening to the shares, and it's, uh, it's great. You know, I, I, my, my feeling is none of us would be here today if somebody hadn't taken the time to explain things to us on some level, right? I mean, for every, every one of us. Somebody gave us a little encouragement at some point, probably many people. And they invited us to a meeting, perhaps it was this one, and they availed us some type of kindness. And I don't want to forget that because I I never want to become smug and complacent to where I'm not willing to extend that same helping uh, hand to someone that, you know, that's still suffering out there. And, And, you know, so when we read these things, for me, you know, and more about alcoholism, you know, I, I want to remember that this spiritual program, when it's really, you know, when it's reduced to its most basic core, what, what people are doing, I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's reduced to, to love and service. I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's a spiritual program. It's not a, it's not a diet club. It's not a calorie counting club. Now, it can be that for you. It may be that for you. You may be focused on, 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 on your food plan. You may be focused on on calling your sponsor at six or seven o three in the morning every morning let him let her know you know how you're feeling and what's you know take your emotional temperature. It may be that for you, and I'm not knocking it I'm just saying that's that's not the program that's not the spiritual program of action. you know the spiritual program of action comes down to working some steps. why why would we even work some steps? Well, our founder said we would be brought into a relationship, some sort of different relationship with the higher power of our own understanding. And I think a lot of times we avoid talking about things because we're afraid we're going to offend someone else. I I can't worry if I'm going to offend you. I don't mean to offend you. But this is a spiritual program. I was brought into a relationship with the higher power of my own understanding. And yes, the obsession was lifted. I had to understand that 
the nature of my disease before I would work this program. Otherwise, I'm going to try all the other ways I would try to do it. But it does come down to love and tolerance and kindness, and there's nobody excluded from here. Nobody. You're welcome here. I'm grateful. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Rachel M.M., it's your turn, followed by Polly Q. Good morning. This is Rachel M.M. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater and anorexic from Ohio. I'd like to say welcome to the newcomers. And I want you to know that it doesn't matter how intelligent you are or religious you are, how how well you have your life managed in other areas. If you can relate with this jaywalking story like I can in regarding to your food, you fit here. And and like someone else in program says, welcome home. I pass. Thank you, Rachel N.M. Holly Q., it is your turn. Thank you. May I be heard? Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you for your service, moderator. I am a Polly Q. recovered in California. Um, I, it's interesting to me <clears throat> about this because uh, this this section, because it's really all about trying not to be an addict you know it's really all about well i'm not i'm not an addict that's not me um and even if i were i don't need to go to um i don't need to to do the work that that has been pointed out here i don't need to be a part of this and um that's interesting to me because because that's that's the very thing that's going to save me that's the very thing that's going to make me be a part of the we is this admission. And I, you know, I hear it all the time. Well, what do I have to do? What do I have to change? Uh, could I change this? Um, have you had that experience before? And I'm, and I always say, you know, until you've worked these steps, because after I've worked these steps, it's not going to, I'm going to want to be a part of this we, but until I've worked these steps, understanding that I'm going to need to and I'm going to need to stay abstinent is going to require me to to be willing to be a part of this we. I'm going to need to call people. And it says in here, our, we, most of us. You know, that's what it says throughout this book that I never got before. It says, I am going to need to admit that I am part of this we. And once I do admit that, once I really get on my knees and admit that, then I am able to call other people up and get that support and get that God with skin on. And then, you know what? I'm okay. I stay abstinent. I'm willing to do the work because suddenly the we is so attractive to me. I start to, I start to want to be a part of it. But until I am ready to admit that I am part of the we, I, you're separate from me. Nope, nope, that's not me. It's okay to be a part of the we. You're going to love it. You are going to love being part of this we once, once you get past that ego. That's what happened to me. 
I got past that ego. I got humble enough to say, wow, man, I think I'm going to need to be a part of this we. And then the rest is going to fall into place. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Polly Q. We have time for one more share. Who would like that? Debbie V. I'm sorry. Say that again. Debbie V is in victory. Debbie, go ahead, please. Um, my name is Debbie V, and I'm recovering in Delaware. Um, the the phrase that really jumped out at me this morning is, we wish to emphasize and re-emphasize to smash home. And that word smash seems so gentle, but to me, it's being hit on the side of the head with a two-by-four. It's like, wake up, girlfriend. We know what we're talking about, and this is this is your call. So I just wanted to to, um, to share that, and with that, I pass. Okay. Well, then we still have time for one more share. Who would like that? Lou B. Lou B., please take it. Hi there. Good morning, Vision Fellows. I listen every single morning but rarely get a uh, chance to talk. I'm dropping people off and picking people up. But I listen because on my will alone, with my thinking alone, I am just up a creek without a paddle. And when I listen to all of you and your voices, your messages of hope and recovery, you know, it just, the song that it sings in my heart is just the truth. Um, a compulsive eater since I was 11, and finally, by the grace of God and by all of your support, um, I've been abstinent and connected to this WE program since last summer, coming up on one-year anniversary, a healthy body weight, and no longer spending every hour of the day thinking about when the next time I got to eat was. What a waste of a great life um, to just be thinking about food all the time. So I'm, I have a sponsor in vision. I've been working the steps I, like my hair's on fire and it has, a miracle has happened for me. So stick around, anyone who's new, it is possible. And, um, yes, ego deflate because it's so much nicer out here with all the rest of the bozos on the bus. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lou B. Well, we have about a minute, and I think I'm going to go ahead and take that. This is more Z, recovered in Virginia. The actual potential alcoholic, with hardly an exception, will be absolutely unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. I had a year of being recovered. I knew it all. I was all about it. And yet, suddenly, it occurred to me. You know, these suddenly, these suddenly unimportant decisions they will creep up on me and I won't even know it until I'm in the food unless I am maintaining a spiritual connection and my spiritual fitness with my higher power. And I'm grateful that that's what this big book and the 12 steps teaches me to do. With that, I will pass and I will 
thank everyone who shared. And um, please do join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing of this meeting. I would like to share today's share ID, and that is 11,168, We'll now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And uh, Karen A., would you please read? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Maura. Thank you all. This is Karen A., Recovered in Michigan. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.